welcome to the Brandon and Lindsay Have a Podcast Now Radio Hour. My name is Brandon. And I'm Lindsay. And that's the intro to our show. Oh, yeah, no song today? No, we could do a song. Oh, uh, you can do a song. Well, we'll do it together. <laughs> no, All right, ready? And if you're listening, I want you, you'll know which part. This is your part right here. You go, ooh, cha, 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 ooh, cha, cha, cha. I should start ooh, now. Cha, cha. Uh, no, I'll, oh. just that's what they're going to do at home. All right, you ready? Oh, that's what they're doing. Yeah, ready? Everybody together. And one, two, three, four. Ooh, cha, 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 ooh, cha, 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 ooh, cha, 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 Brandon and Lindsay, ooh, cha, 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 they got a podcast, ooh, cha, 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 on your uh, Instagram, ooh, cha, cha. Cha, they got a podcast. Ooh, cha, cha, cha. They got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you like the drum thing at the end? Uh-huh. That was pretty good. good. It was good. I've been yeah. working pretty hard on that one. <laughs> they like your drum part. Too. Of course they like it. <laughs> of course they like it. Um, hey, so listen, guys. First of all, thanks for joining us again. Um the podcast has been wildly successful, more so than I had really expected. Yeah, didn't you say we had a thousand views? Yeah, which you know, listen, that's not that many, well, but it's well, pretty good for the very beginning. So. Episode number five is this? Five? Yeah, no, this is six. I think six. Lonnie was number five. Oh, okay, so yeah, episode number six. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm happy. So. Uh, this weekend, me and Lindsay are headed out of town. We're going to uh, tomorrow, Friday the 9th. Is tomorrow the 9th? Yes. Friday the 9th at 6.30. I'll be teaching at 10th Planet in Salt Lake City, Utah. So if you're out in that area and you want to stop in, say hello. Uh, I'm going to be teaching some dope stuff, guaranteed. Uh, I guarantee it'll be one of the best seminars you've ever been to. I promise to over-deliver if you're there. And then on Saturday, we will be in Pocatello, Idaho at Elite Jiu-Jitsu Academy. That one's at 3 o'clock. So if you're interested in hitting up either one of those seminars, I'll do two different. If you want to come to both, I'll do two different uh, things. I'm not going to repeat the material uh, on Saturday that I did on Friday. So... I just want to make sure that everybody, if anybody wants to come twice, you can come twice. Ooh, and you guys should tell us some interesting things to do because I've never been to Salt Lake City or I've never been to Idaho. Yeah, this is my first time in Utah or Idaho, but we're not going to be there long. Yeah, we don't have a ton of time and some of that is going to be like traveling time and stuff. But if there's a cool place to like go eat or something like that near those towns, let us know because we love to eat and we love to eat. Okay, I'll eat anywhere, of course. Y'all know my Little Caesars, uh, I'm not too discerning. Dude, people <laughs> trashed you about that. You were the scourge of my entire social media for uh, haters. a full 48 hours. People were bombing you about that Little Caesars situation. That's okay. I'm okay with it. What were you saying? But anyway, so Brandon likes to eat um, like a lot of local mom and pop shops. Yeah. So you got something that's super awesome, let us know. So. I'm, I'm pumped about going to Utah and Idaho. I'm pumped about these things because I've never been before. Mm-hmm. But when you go, 
like when you're doing jujitsu stuff, it's pretty much just every city is the inside of a gym and the restaurant. And that's all you really see. And then sometimes you go to the coach's house and hang out at the end of the night. Like, that's cool though. Like, you well, get no, that's to what see... I want to do. I'm kind of boring. Yeah. So. so when I do travel, and like when we went to Mexico, we, you know, got outside of Cancun and like we wanted to see what like towns were actually like and the people, what the people are actually like. So, you know, we like to see other people's culture so you know you don't have to go outside of the country to see other different you know cultures things are different from just going up north and in the south what um herzog called uh 10th planet decatur what yeah he, he says it? it's 10th planet 1984 because <laughs> we're so far behind the rest of the world and i think he's right but you know what man there's never been a better time to live in alabama i'll tell you that like if you're living in New York or California or New Jersey or Oregon out on the coast on either side right now, you're yeah. like, oh, man, I wish I lived in Alabama. Trust me, you do. The weather's basically perfect, except for the frequent, frequent tornadoes. That <laughs> That's the only tear, problem. <laughs> tear lives apart and kill people. But we, we've gotten to where we just don't even really care about tornadoes anymore. I think it's like, you know, when people have a lot of snow and they're like, oh, those Southerners don't know how to drive in the snow. Yeah. And they, you know, like we get all freaked out when it snows. They're not But wrong. they just live their life. Well, we just live our life with tornadoes. Yeah, you got to know, know how to get in a bathtub and throw a mattress <laughs> on top of you around here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how about we slept through some tornado sirens when we used to live in Decatur? Yeah, tornado I mean, coming through our city, and we didn't even wake up. I don't know. I, I don't had, know how you sleep through a tornado siren, but we're very capable. Right. Well, I mean, we had, like, voice messages on our cell phones, like, saying, I hope you guys are okay, because <laughs> we were not answering the phone. All right, I'm going to roll through here and see if we got some questions. Oh, nope. No, North Texas Massage. Hold on, North Texas Massage. LOL, this came, came up under the biz IG instead of the personal Bud G from Tempe. Oh, what's up, Bud? He's saying his came up under the personal. Oh, okay. His his business is called North Texas Massage. Go ahead, Bud. Get you some. Okay. Uh, all right. So we're going to go ahead and roll into some questions here. Who all we got? We got a nice little crowd. Thank you guys for joining us. Select questions to answer. Well, it's not showing any of the questions. Mm. Let's try this one. Did that work? A Keith Cavanaugh. Huh. Old Irish Keith. He says, win or learn. Discuss, please. I'll get a good podcast clip out of that, most likely. Okay, so <laughs> what he's talking about, for those of you that, if you're doing jiu-jitsu, you've definitely heard this before, but when people say, in jiu-jitsu, you don't win... Or loot, or you never. I'm gonna start over. Let's try that. <laughs> Words. In ju- <laughs> hey, <laughs> in jujitsu, <laughs> in jujitsu, you never lose. You only win or you learn. Okay. First question on that question is that true or false? Is it true that in jujitsu you never lose? You you just win or learn? No, I think sometimes you you lose. <laughs> Now, it should hurt, and you should learn something from it, but, like, I don't know. It was funny. We were talk- We were listening to, um, 
I guess it was a podcast or something on the way up here. And the guy was talking about like parents that apologize to children, like, and parents let the children decide when we're leaving a place and when we're going home. And they're like the little emperors of the house. Um, No, like I want my children to lose at things. You, it's a skill that you have to be able to adapt to and and learn from but like I think you have to learn how to be a good loser I hate that phrase personally a good loser no no not that one <laughs> oh. the, that's fine you do have to learn how to how to lose um with grace for sure mm-hmm. and to take the lesson from it um I hate that phrase in jiu-jitsu you never lose you only win or learn like if you can't lose, then you also can't win. Like they come together. It's a package deal. There's no light without dark. There's no hot without cold and there's no win without lose. So if you don't dare greatly, then you can't win with glory. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you come out the victor and I understand what the phrase is trying to say. Like, don't take your lo- Don't take your losses so hard. Right. That's the idea. They have, they have to sting. They have to hurt. A loss only doesn't hurt when... It didn't mean anything. When it didn't mean anything to you and you didn't put enough effort into it. Yeah. Like, if you if you kind of just don't care, like, me and you are... Let's say we're going to go play ping pong today. Okay. All right. Now... You're going to lose. I probably am going to lose. It's going to be a loss. And... <laughs> And I don't think any learning will take place. It's, it's just going to be a loss. It's just going to be a straight loss. Right. That's Okay. Uh, yes, that's probably accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not going to bother me at all because right. there's zero preparation that went into it. There's, yeah. you know, The only thing that would bother you would be me trash talking you about losing. I would actually enjoy that a little <laughs> bit. I do enjoy a good trash talk. I would enjoy talk, it too. A, a little banter. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you don't, dare great like if you don't sacrifice something in preparation for the competition then can you really learn the lesson that you would have learned you know yeah no I don't think so uh, but yeah I mean like oh you know I think there should be that feeling I just I spent that whole training camp I was trying my hardest and I still didn't do well enough to win okay so that's like a defining moment do I go back and try even harder or do I, you know? Yeah. Where do I, now that I'm face to face with a loss. It should hurt. I, th- I mean. You know what Stanley Johnson told me one time? I know you've heard this a trillion times. Uh, m- this was my youth minister growing up, Stanley Johnson. And he was, still is one of my heroes. I don't ever get to talk to him anymore. But anyway, he used to say a sacrifice is not a sacrifice unless it hurts. Like. You're not, if you're not giving something up in mm-hmm. exchange for the thing you want, you're not actually sacrificing anything. Right. Right. So if you're not sacrificing your time and your body, your body right. and your emotion, all the things that are necessary to really have the glory on the other side of the win, yeah. then... You know, you're not, it's, it's, and if empty. the, if the loss doesn't matter, then the, does the win matter? Well, the win doesn't exist if the loss doesn't exist. Yeah. If it doesn't matter, the win doesn't matter. What, whatever the loss then is, then why to do you, it? Yeah, I don't know. 
whatever the loss is to you, the win will be the equal opposite of that. Yeah, I think I think a loss has to be a consequence for the win to matter. Yeah, definitely. So there you go, Keith. Irish Keat. That's what we think about winning and losing right there. <laughs> That's our opinion. <laughs> oh, uh, Michael Nolte says, best videos in the game right now. Mm. Uh, John Dykes says, Gordon Ryan says, you win in competition and lose in the gym. Mm. I get that. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good philosophy. And he does. Yeah. I'm, I, mean, I like – listen, Gordon's the best in the winning. world right now. There's no question about it. So you can think whatever you want about him – that's that's up to you and between you and him, I suppose. Yeah, and I mean he's he's willing to go with anybody. Like I mean, I guess if the conditions have to be. I don't know. know. I don't know. Paid. I don't think the conditions have to be that great. I think oh, yeah. he's. I think he's. He stands ready. Yeah, so. he's not backing down from anybody. Yeah, he's the man. He's kind of crazy though. All right, I'm gonna go back into the questions. Oh no, let's go here. Tenth Planet Banbury. That's in the UK, Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah, you've been there? Mm-hmm. I okay, been cool. There. We went over there, and uh, I've been over there a couple of times, spent some time with those guys. Good folk. Yeah. The Banbury folk. Absolutely. All right. He says, do you pass and smash, or do you play the legs? Oh, no, now he says upgrade. Slicer pass, underpass, or drop back for the legs. Kiss one, marry one, kill one. <laughs> right, let's talk pass and smash or play the legs first. What's your first priority when so somebody sat down in front of you or you just mm-hmm. got the sweep or the takedown? They're down there. Are you attacking the legs or are you crushing or are you passing on the outside? What's the strategy? Um, smash passing usually. Uh, if I have to outside pass, my I look like a baby deer. Um, like, you know, trying to learn how to walk sometimes. So <laughs> I am learning my step passing is getting better. Um, but, yeah, I like to just go in and give all my weight into the pass. Uh, my first – I feel like if I have to fall back for the legs, then I kind of – Oh, did you lose a little? I just – it's not <laughs> as satisfying. I don't, I, I don't like when a guy can, can tap and then go – Ah, Brandon caught me. He won't catch me like that again. I don't mm. like when you can say that. I like to smash you, crush you, steal your soul, and then you quit by giving me an arm or your neck to stop the smashing and the crushing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like we and then because then you can't I, look. I take you down or I sweep you. My, I sit here on my butt. Mm-hmm. You come to me. Mm-hmm. I turn you over. I smash your guard, break through all your defenses, put my knee on your belly, posture up, pretend I was going to hit you. (laughs) I don't really do that part. (laughs) (laughs) Then I mount and I crush the life out of you until you give me either an arm triangle, a punch choke, or you expose your back and let me choke you. All good. When, When that happens to you, you just feel a lot differently about like I used my jujitsu to move through all of your potential defenses and to break through your emotional and psychological game. Yeah. And I crushed you. You don't leave that going, uh, Oh, let me get another chance. I mean, he won't catch me. Like, Oh, he caught me. You don't leave thinking that you leave thinking, mm. I don't yeah. know if I want that to happen to me again. 
I usually end up attacking the legs. So if I get swept, somebody is standing above me, I'll attack legs. Or if somebody is really good from the bottom and, like, my mount is not situated like I like it, I'll drop back on, like, honey holes and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's situational. It's not from the get-go, like, from the initial... I mean, listen, I'll take free stuff. If mm-hmm. you're just giving free stuff away, I will take it generally. I don't always take it. Sometimes you're giving me that leg in order to keep me from smashing your guard. You know, so. sometimes you're giving me the arm so that I'll stop mounting you. Well, I'm not done mounting you yet. You're not sufficiently emotionally wrecked. Okay. So if we have to kiss one, marry one, and kill one, so we would kill the legs? This is from the initial. What are the si- three choices? So you, uh, slicer pass, underpass, or drop back to the legs. All right, so kill one, drop back for the legs. I want. I don't even want that alive in my heart. Drop back for the legs. That's out. Okay, kill it. Kill. All right, we got to marry one. We're marrying smash pass. Yeah, for sure, smash pass, and then underpass. And we're gonna make out with uh, the slicer pass. Okay, I'm into that. <laughs> it's getting weird here on Brandon and Lindsay have a podcast now. <laughs> But uh, questions on that just slide into my DMs, I guess. <laughs> no, not mine. I won't see them. <laughs> Jamie. Oh, Jamie. I think that's Jamie Houston. I can't remember if that's his handle or not. But anyway, if that is Jamie Houston or if it's just some other Jamie, what's up? He says hello to my favorite people. What's up, Jamie? Uh, Warrior Culture Combat Sports says, I wish you would invent a sub called a McDouble. McDouble. Hmm. I'll work on it. That'd be like two arms trapped somehow. Hmm. Let's try another question. Oh, okay. Here we go. This is Sebastian RC. He says, Estoy en cuadra- I, uh, I can't read Spanish. I'm sorry. I'm from Alabama. But uh, I will say, Mis pantalones es negro. You have black pants? Yeah. You have black pants. That's what I said, girl. You heard me. John Dykes, advice for a one-year blue belt who's only competed at white belt. You only competed one time at white belt, or you only competed a bunch of times at white belt? And also, what is your goal set? It'd be really hard for me to give you advice and steer you when I don't know where you're trying to go. So my first advice would be that you need to sit down and map out some goals for yourself for, you know, what, what do you want to accomplish in the next week? What do you want to accomplish in the next month? Three months, six months, one year, five years. You know, you don't have to do it so, you know, tight in a pattern like that. But those are, you know, some super short-term goals and then some long-term goals as well. Um, I would say just generic not knowing your goals would be you probably have a submission that you favor And so I would probably start uh, systematizing that, like have some um, options off of that that you can, you know, when that one doesn't work, you've got something on the back door, Um, practicing more entries into that uh, specific submission. So start having a system around that submission. That's good advice. That's good. Good black belt advice. Uh, I'll tell you something else. This is something Andrew Ram Remember him? Andrew yes, Ram? I do remember. It's something that he really exposed me to. And, you know, kind of think of this already. I think I was already a black belt when I, when he, we were talking about this. But you would think about this or you would have this in your game, but Andrew really, like, would emphasize it. 
and he would say, you need an exit strategy for every submission. Mm. So like, say you go, you go to the truck and you get into this sub, what happens when it falls apart? Because sometimes it falls apart, right? Where do you go when it falls apart? Do you have a defined path either into another sub or back into the top position or Mm -hmm. slide into his back because of that, whatever it is. So, um, to pair with what Lindsay said, as far as, you know, how to train kind of advice, I would tell you that when you build a system, make sure you build an exit strategy. Right. And just once, once you know a system around a certain submission, then you can, you figure out how to do that for the next submission, because you may have like a secondary submission that you like, but once you build up and around that, that first submission, then you figure out how to do it for, you know, the rest of your game. Um, this is good. Juicy Tay, one, two, three. I like, I like that one, two, three at the end. Let him know. Count them in, Juicy Tay. Uh, do you think positional escapes or submission escapes are more important to focus on? What do you think? I, I definitely got an opinion on this. Um, I would say positional escapes because then you, you're not getting into the submission. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll be honest with you. I... I don't want to say never, but kind of never. Don't get into submissions. No, 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 no. (laughs) I do get into submissions as long as I do it on purpose. Um, (laughs) As long as I wasn't trying. All right. (laughs) Um, I don't ever teach escapes from escapes from a position from a submission. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I hesitate to say that I never do this, but I never teach escapes from position uh, from submissions themselves yeah i was just trying to think of one that... we'll, we'll do arm bar escapes sometimes um i ha- sometimes i'll teach an arm triangle escape leg lock escapes we do we do deal with that stuff but i mean how how are you going to get put in a submission if you never if nobody can ever keep you in a position you know so i think it's infinitely more important infinitely more important to work on your positional escapes and not just to work on them and like, Oh, what do you like to do here? You need to master Mm -hmm. those, those things. Those are the most important things to master. Uh, And you'll find that when you get great at escaping and surviving in bad positions, that you become invincible offensively because now you're never afraid to go for something. Oh no, I can't go for this mounted triangle. What if I end up on the bottom? Well, so what if I end up on the bottom? What are you going to do? You can't tap me. So who cares? I'll just lay here on the bottom of the mountain. Matter of fact, why don't you just start there? Like there's nothing you can do about it. So I think you need to have that kind of confidence that, and because that makes you invincible. You know, that's an idea. Eventually that I, it will. <laughs> no, not in the beginning, dude, of course. But we're not, are we all just playing to be uh, gym level purple belts? Or are we trying to be black belts one day? If you're trying to be a black belt one day, then you have to build the game that you're going to have. Like you're, you're building that game now. Yeah. Whatever foundation you're laying right now, your black belt's going to look eerily like that. So, you know, y- your moves will be different, but you're training the philosophy into yourself now. You're training your movements into your body now. Mm-hmm. And you're training your own insecurities. You're developing those right now. So if you're... Oh, you know, I, I got my black belt, but I never have been good at escaping mount, dude. Well, then you're 
going to have a ton of insecurities surrounding that position until you, I don't know how you could get a black belt and not be good at escaping them out. That's, I don't know. That would be embarrassing. It's an example. That would be embarrassing. Uh, The Amazing Adrian. That's a great name. Yeah. Any advice on deciding when to train or when to rest when you don't feel well? So like when you're sick, as long as you're not symptomatic, <laughs> as long as you don't have no symptoms. Training is sick. Dude, I just don't believe in sick. You're not training? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I, honestly, I've probably, not probably, I've definitely changed some of my feelings on this. I've softened on this over the years. But it used to be, oh, this is terrible. Now I feel terrible even that I was ever this way. But I would just train straight through that. Like, if I wasn't, if yeah. I was able to train, I was training. But he's definitely feeling the effects of that mindset. So, I, and I think I've, I've touched on it a little bit. But since I turned 40, I have, I have a different mindset about my training. So, yeah, like, my knees hurt one day. And I'm, you know, maybe I should sit out today. Um, so, I, I'm gradually getting closer to the slowing down <laughs> oh yeah i feel good I'll, right I'll now go, it's killing season i'll i'll go like four i'm i'm gonna go in i'm only gonna do like four rounds maybe five rounds and then it'll come up like round four round five and i'm like man i still feel good oh man that guy's free i can go roll with him <laughs> and then five rounds later <sighs> dang it man i'm training a ton right now but yeah i'm trying to Cut that thing off at four or five rounds. We'll see. Four or five rounds. I'll, yes. You're going to go out there and get after it for four or five rounds. Like, I would be so sad if I only got to roll five rounds. Well, I'm sad, too. That's why I, I'm not good at only doing four or five rounds yet. <laughs> I'm working on what, it. But why do you feel like why do you feel like you got to cut it back to to four or five rounds instead of just changing how you do the t- the 10 rounds. Cuz that's what I do. Okay. A. I'm little. <laughs> What's wrong with little? And people? you're big. I am not big. <laughs> I'm 175 pounds. Yeah. That is not big. I I, I'm overweight at 175. Okay. And All right, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I'm a little big. Well, and then B, you've spent a lot of time training your what you, you know, refer to like effortless and, you know, pe- using people's strength and stuff against them. And I just haven't, I did not spend that amount of time. So my, my jujitsu is not effortless right now. Hmm. So it takes some effort. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, it takes it's, me effort too. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to cut back on the days that I train. Mm-hmm. I, I think I need to cut back on the rounds that I do or how long I try or quit lifting weights or quit drilling <laughs> just show up for rolling <laughs> um, that's essentially what I do I, I guess I get my drilling in during the while I'm teaching mm. sometimes I do most of my drilling like during those 10 rounds like okay I'm gonna take these two white belts to warm the round up with or to start the first two rounds with or usually me and you go the first round yeah. and we go soft dude just trying to get these old these old joints lubed up and working, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it, takes, it takes my knee just a second to get going. 
So I always say the first two rounds don't count. Really, none of them count. But <laughs> um, anyway, I don't remember why I said that. Well, you were asking me why I'm I'm doing four or five instead of yeah. Well, you go lift. You go 10. lift every day, and you work out hard. No, three times a week. Yeah. yeah. Not me. I'm just doing jujitsu. So I guess but you're I, rolling I'm on the days that I lift. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, we're both falling apart. <laughs> I'm not falling apart. I'm getting better. I'm, I'm better. You it's are getting better season. at jujitsu, but what about getting up off the couch? Well, that's not going so. You know well. what I've discovered now? Sneezing hurts. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> My lower back. It hurts I'll your back. I'll sneeze. Yes, I have to like brace against something before I sneeze. Sometimes it hurts my ribs. Not not too much anymore because I don't get smashed, but I remember when we had, uh, probably for the first several years that I was training, I was always getting crushed, you and know, really, going yeah. so hard at all times. If I ever, <gasps> and I sneeze, <clears throat> I sneeze huge, and yeah. so I have to try to catch it, and I would try to catch one, and, just, mm-hmm. uh, and I just feel my whole rib cage would just hurt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scotty Ockle says, what's up? What's up, Scott? At a tenth planet up in Rochester. Do you ever consider visiting Algeria? Marcin says. Uh, yeah, I consider it all the time. You have a lot of people that follow you in Algeria, right? Yeah, that's crazy, right? It's it's wild. You probably could get a seminar to get like once everything clears up, and you can we can travel yeah, wherever. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Grappling monkey, hello, and thanks for doing this Q and A. Not trying to steal your teaching model, but how many weeks you train one set of techniques before moving to the next ones, and how often do you revisit them? Okay, that's a great question. Like for your for the curriculum for the school, or just yeah. like your personal no, training? I, I think I think they mean for the school because oh, you mentioned the teaching. coaching. Yeah, the yeah, teaching okay. model. So here's how I do it. I have a real specific way that I do it. So whatever the general thing that it is that we're working on. Let's call it, uh, let's call it triangle chokes. All right. This month is all about triangle chokes. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to build a flow. So a a pretty brief flow, kind of like the 10th planet warm up, but I'm going to build a flow that teaches the most important skill that's going to be hard for you to learn. So like the most important physical movement that, White and blue belts are probably going to struggle with a little more, but but it's necessary. It has to be there. Like you have to have this one. Mm-hmm. Then that we're going to build the flow around that. So like say for a triangle, making that angle. Yeah, maybe. But what I what I chose to do with my triangle model module is uh, the movement that I wanted them to have was to go from inverted and shoot the hips and snap and pull them back down. Right. Not because it's coming from inverted, but because I think that that's the best way to teach people to reach with their hips and snap them back down. Okay. So that's why I chose the flow that I chose for that month. So what we do is on the first day of class that month, I teach everybody that flow and I want you to get 25 reps in of the flow. All right, so just look. That's the whole class. Yeah, that's just the whole class. The flow. Just installing lo- the flow. That's what we call it. I install the flow. Um, so now every class that you come for, the, let's say you just come twice a week. So you come eight times during the course of a month, twice a week for four weeks. 
every time that you come to class, we're going to begin class with that flow. And I want you to get 25 reps done. All right. And we don't, I don't always leave them enough time to get 25 reps. So there needs to be some extra done outside. But the objective is to get 25 eight times so that you get 200 reps on the most, the, the move that you need that's going to be hard for you to get. We're going to build that into the curriculum for you. So that even if you're not doing any work outside of class, you're going to get the thing that I think is the most important movement. You're going to get it 200 times, even if you're only coming twice a week, right? So that's why I build it that way. So then from there, we'd start expanding off of that and we go for eight classes and then we flip into the next, the next module, the next month. But uh, the second and third class usually um, are built around what I call the 80-20, or not I call the 80-20, what I stole because somebody else called it the 80-20. Um, but the 80-20 is, uh, it's called Pareto's Law or Pareto's Principle. Pareto was a French economist back in the old times, but he was also a hobbyist pea gardener. Did, peas? That's right. Peas. Like Black-eyed peas? I don't know like if they're black. They're probably English peas or French peas since he was a French economist. I like it when Fergie goes, drank. That's, That's the best favorite. part of the black-eyed peas. <laughs> That's really the only part of the black-eyed peas that I like. Drank. That part. <laughs> Sorry, Pareto's Law. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pareto's Law says that um, 80% of your results will come from 20% of your effort. or And, and then he says... He learns that by watching the peas grow in his garden. He's oh, 20% of the plants are, are producing 80% of the peas. He goes, mm. oh, hmm, I'm an economist. Does that principle apply across uh, economics? Oh, it does. 20% of the workers produce 80% of the work. 20% of your congregation gives 80% of the money. 20% of your customers cause 80% of your problems. <laughs> Right. Twenty uh, percent of the moves that, you know, will produce 80 percent of your taps. Twenty percent of the sweeps that, you know, will produce 80 percent of the sweeps and the reversals. So class number two and class number three are built on what I think the 80 20 are in that position. So it's usually a real simple on off combination. Like his weight is on, I do this. His weight is off, I do this. Or his hand is here, I do this. His hand is here, I do this. So I try to break it. And sometimes it's three classes in a row. You know, the 20%, it's it's not two classes, it's 20%. What do I think are the 20% of techniques that you must have? And so, and then after that, we start to focus on the defense for the position out for the rest of the month. But I try to go through the 80-20 then some possible and, and or fun scenarios, mm -hmm. and then defense at the end. So that's how I structure my class. It's a month-long curriculum every month. And it's working really, really well with the progress of our students. It's, it's crazy. To, I mean, you'll teach them something and then see them hitting it in like their next competition. It's, yeah, it's working really well. Yeah, we've been really, really, really happy with the results, so... Let's see if we can find some more questions here. Oh, here you go. What are your guys' goals for 2021? <laughs> so uh, 
I set some things that I wanted to start doing more of. And um, so I want to start watching more instructionals. Um, so I said 10 minutes per day. It's not even, it's not happening, but I am watching instructionals. So my, you know, sometimes you set a goal and you fall close to the goal. And so I haven't given up on it yet. It's still happening. But anyway, so watching instructionals, I actually want to work on, um, learning some more Spanish. We're spending some time in Mexico these days. And, um, I think it's just awesome to like, uh, exercise your brain, and, um, you know, learn new things. So I- I'm working on Spanish. And then I'm also working on my meditation. Um, that's been the big one that I've seen you work at. Like, I've, yeah. That's f- front of your mind, it seems. Yeah. And I really, I'm really enjoying it. So, uh, like, the instructionals, I enjoy the benefits that I get from the instructionals. I do not enjoy actually watching the instructionals. So that's why it's not working out so well. <laughs> it's because I have to force myself to do it. But those are three things that I've been working on. Most of my goals this year were really business goals or financial goals that I had put out in front of myself. I'm really happy with how I train and my progress. I continue to make progress. So what I'm doing is working. Um, I'm always looking for ways to improve it, but I don't. I'm not changing anything up about the way I train. So I haven't made any um, goals with that. My goal is to is to smash the curriculum every month. So I put that I put that stuff out there for the students to do. Well, I'm doing it too. So what I do is whatever I'm working on in the gym this month, like whatever I'm hitting you with and rolling, you can guarantee that that's what's coming up next month. So I spend the month before studying the curriculum in live training. And then I teach it the next month. Just I want to make sure it's fresh on top of my mind and that I'm as sharp and updated on it, that I'm not teaching, that I don't do it a, a way now. Because, you know, you learn it a certain way, you can kind of fall into the pattern of giving the same verbal cues, even though that might not be the way you do it anymore. Mm. You know, like I was, I, as I was preparing this month and I was talking about thinking about the swim move. So I spent all last month, I was just hitting the swim move on everybody. everywhere Mm -hmm. right but what I started to figure out was I don't do it the way that I've been teaching it yeah right what I do what I I teach it from static but I don't ever do it to a static opponent it's hard to drill it uh not static especially if to beginners like you're teaching somebody who's never done a swim move and then you want them to have the momentum yeah well that's what's so important to draw the context Yeah, it's so important to draw the context because the context in in a fight or in a a grappling match, whatever you want to verse that as, there's always a momentum. There's always an energy that's moving in a direction. There's always a weight shifted. I say always, always a weight shifted to one side or the other. But our uki, the uki needs to understand the technique way more than the guy who's doing the drilling because if the uki doesn't paint the picture doesn't draw the picture correctly you can mm-hmm. never paint a masterpiece if the outline's not that you know what i mean right. i don't know if that's true i don't know a lot about paintings or masterpieces but i'll, I'll work on a different analogy with something i know a bit more about <laughs> <laughs> anyway i don't even remember what i was talking about i just get so excited <laughs> about talking about jujitsu i just get 
so pumped. Your goals for training weren't, you didn't really make any goals for training. You, so that, that rant I just went on was about my goals. That's amazing. That I was think, nothing to do with my goals. I think that was goals. the last thing that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, but most of my goals this year have been about either family time or about the business. So my training I'm very pleased with is, I guess, what I was trying to say. There we go. Cole Ravi. What up, Cole? Hi, y'all. Appreciate that. Oh. Appreciate the y'all. Well, it says much love from 10th Planet Covina, but why would he say y'all? Because he's talking. He's, he's trying a, to talk our language. Maybe he's from Alabama and he just moved to California. No, he's trying to talk our language. It's like when Jake Elkins goes to the Mexican restaurant he and he goes, Ola. I'll have dos margaritos <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's what That's he's doing. Hilarious. He's trying to speak to us. Gotcha. <laughs> and, and I appreciate the effort. <laughs> I'm not I'm not like somebody who's mad you're trying to speak my language, bro. Let's hear it. Uh, I train Monday through Friday night classes. What's up, player? Okay. Trying to add some strength and conditioning, but I don't want to sacrifice my mat time. Do you have any suggestions? How do you two factor in yours? So, um, <laughs> How I do you don't, factor in your strength and conditioning? I don't do any strength Brandon. and conditioning. I do, I do my exercise and my – like I take care of my health and my strength and stuff through jujitsu. So like if I need to work on my conditioning, then I move faster and I don't stop moving like while I'm rolling. Like, Oh, I'm out of shape. Well then you need to get in there and get in shape while you're rolling. So, you know, just turn the pace up a little bit, do an extra round with Nakaya at the end instead of squishing or just go as fast as you can. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's what I do now. That's not how she handles the game, but I'm way better than her. (laughs) I look better. All right, that's true. <laughs> um, so I rarely do two a days. So my um, so Monday is jujitsu at noon, and I usually come back to the school to like if if they need an assistant to help in class or you know just chill. Tuesday is strength and conditioning. So we usually do like four exercises. Um, and that usually takes about an hour. So we do um, like usually like five reps of 20. So we're more um, lighter weight, higher reps, body weight stuff, pull-ups, that kind of thing. Um, not a whole lot of power lifting. Um, Wednesday is jujitsu. Thursday, strength and conditioning. And then Friday, sometimes I'll do two-a-days. So I'll lift at noon and then take jujitsu class that night at around seven. Um, but it, it depends on how I feel. So that that is one of the workouts where I'll go, okay, am I going to jujitsu tonight? How does my body feel? And then Saturday is jujitsu again. Sunday is off. So... I'm working out at least once a day on six days a week. That's a pretty intense routine. So, and when she's on the mats, dude, she's a beast. Like, uh, I often hear about, especially from visitors, especially I'll hear this from visitors, I can't believe how strong Lindsay is. Or she got on top of me and I couldn't get her off of me. Yeah. So she's producing results as well, but definitely two opposite takes in the same, not, not just from (laughs) random black belts, but from black belts in the same home that have been on the same exact trajectory, like 
we've been doing it together since day one, and we have totally different approaches, and both of them are working. So I don't know. You gotta you gotta try yeah, taste taste a lot of different things. What works for your body? What works for your goal exactly. set? Exactly. Um, you know, like, and you know, I think there are different diets that will work for different people. Yeah. You know, we've got a friend of ours that's on the carnivore diet, and we it's got a bunch of friends on the carnivore. Yeah, diet he's he's influenced others to go on the carnivore diet, and it's working great for them. Um, some people it doesn't work great for. You know, some people are on paleo, and it works great for them. So I think you have to find what works best for like your body, your lifestyle, you know, what's something that you're going to be able to continue. If it's too stringent, then you usually end up dropping it. So right now we got Brandon on no bread and no pasta. It's killing season. We don't eat bread during (laughs) killing season, coach. All right. Uh, This is a great question. I think I'll be able to to help. Uh, Grappling Monkey says, does being handsome help on your guard passing rate? Um, it's just hard to separate the two. I've never, I've never not been <laughs> handsome, but I have been good at passing the guard and then I've not been good at passing the guard, but I've always been just devilishly handsome. So do you, um, like have like a stare, like a Zoolander stare that you like, like immobilizes them for a like second? a blue steel yeah. for something like that? Yeah. Uh, No. I do like to stare people in the eyes. Though. I do like to look at people while I'm crushing them, and they always go, well, "You're so weird." <laughs> <laughs> and you'll say things to them. I, I am a trash talker, that's for sure. Uh, Real Mister Incredible says, "I like that Little Caesars diet." <laughs> they, they're never going to let you off the hook about Little Caesars, okay, and, and they shouldn't. Brandon Deshner says, "What's up, B? Do you plan on doing another Jits slash?" Oops, excuse me, that Coke Zero got me. Do you plan on doing another Jits slash business weekend seminar? The last one was pretty amazing. I, I I don't have plans on one right now, to be honest with you. Uh, I've got my I've got my plate like overly full as it is. Um with this PGF. Yeah, and PGF is growing really, really fast. Um, and I'm having to just I need more help all the time with that just to do what I'm already doing. So I don't have plans on doing another one, but if anybody does have interest in that, shoot me a DM and uh, I'll tell you how to get into my, my business group if you want. But anyway, I do a little business coaching on the side. Yeah. I think yeah, it's going just pretty funnel well. people into that yeah. group now. It's going pretty well. So uh, good question. Any advice on improving flexibility? This is Marcin86. Any advice on improving flexibility? Please don't say yoga. Okay, well, I don't really do yoga. Um, I have learned a lot from yoga. I do like yoga. I like the stretching parts, though. So the reason I don't, like, actively do yoga, I just don't want to... um, I don't want to do the hard... It's hard. The poses and, like, the hard parts. (laughs) I know. Listen, just here. So stretching. But I do love and I feel tremendous benefits from just having a good stretching and mobility time in my day every day. Mm -hmm. So usually I do mine kind of after everybody's gone to bed. I'll roll the mat out in the living room and I'll just get on the floor and move and stretch until I feel loosened and and ready for bed, honestly. Um, 
But what about you? Do you have, I used to have like really tight routines that I would run for my flexibility. I used to take it super seriously, but now I just maintain it because I am very flexible. So. Um, I really, the only time that I stretch is before uh, jujitsu. So I like to be able to take my time before I roll and like 30 minutes, I'm taping up my toes. I got really long toes and they break and dislocate. So I got to tape them together. And then, you know, I got my little everything all situated and, you know, listen to music, stretch, and then, you know, get ready for class. So, um, no, and I probably need um, stretching afterwards, like after mm-hmm. a hard training more. I just, it's hard for me to sit down and, and make time for that because right now it's not a priority, but it probably should be. Yeah, so we're you know, we're opposite on strength and conditioning. We're probably opposite on flexibility as well. Not on your, on how flex, you're actually, you're decently flexible. Like mm-hmm. you could do whatever you need to do yeah. for the most part. Um, but I, I do take my mobility and my um, flexibility pretty seriously. So for me, that, I find that I get more benefit from that than from when I'm stronger than the other person. Yeah. Well, some of my mobility would be, in the strength and conditioning that yeah, we, because that you're we doing do lightweight too, stuff so. and like end of range kind of yeah. movements. So yeah, the way that you guys do your your strength and conditioning is really really wise. It's smart. Yeah. Um, fight chicks, Jake. What's up? He said, "B Mac, why didn't you text me back? I got a new phone number. I got it like a couple of months into the pandemic. So I've heard that a lot. Somebody was mad at me the other Uh-oh. day because I had it was Frank Barker. Oh no, <laughs> he's like, you hadn't texted me back. I have a, I have a new phone number. Yeah. You've been I got Barbara's phone number. The lady before me <laughs> was named Barbara, and she was signed up. So many texts. I, I dropped my number because I was just getting so, I, honestly, I was being overwhelmed every day, and it's making me unproductive. So many texts. So many. Mm. Every day. I was like, that's it. I'm changing my phone number. I just dropped it, and I didn't give it to anybody. And I get more texts than ever From because Barbara, Barbara yeah. was signed <laughs> up for everything, and she apparently... She had everything sent to her cell phone. Everything. Everything well, she that got you could rid be of signed up for. <laughs> everything you could be signed up she for. She got rid of the phone just for the same reason you did. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. too many texts. It's, something's got to give. Uh, Turt, uh, have I heard of the Origin Camp? No, I haven't heard about that one. So he, he's asking my comments on it, but I haven't heard of it. Let's do one more question, and then we'll get out of here. Um, let's what? go with that one. Yeah, I can't see the questions ahead of time. Okay, this is K Silva underscore BJJ. Oh, before that, uh, Mao Parente, Brandon, Argentina. Type Lindsay's name too, though. Let's go. Lindsay, I want to go to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? Um, K Silva says, I tend to get stuck while doing the lockdown. How do I prevent the Kimura while having someone in my lockdown? You want to address that? first or you want me to handle it um yeah go ahead okay so the lockdown is the reason that most people get stuck with it is they focus on stretching it so much that it keeps them flat and it does keep the guy trapped it's a tighter lockdown that is true but it's not a you don't have any mobility now right so there's a time to have the guy stretched out but it's not all the time so you have to be able to like you're pulling your knees into your chest and pumping your knees away from you so that you're pumping. You have a two-on-one on this guy's leg. So use you have two legs against his one leg. Use that to move him 
so that you can make things easier for yourself. If he's putting hands on you and attacking a Kimura from inside your lockdown, um, you just got him stretched out too long is my guess. And you're letting him turn and you're staying flat and immobile. So he's got time to start putting things together. So it's just before he's able to underhook that leg? I, I think so. Like or before even, be, yeah, I think that's, that's got to be the spot he's talking about, right? But, um, yeah, you have to be mobile with your lockdown. It has to be tight and it has to be laced correctly, but you need to be able to pump. Every time that, this is just a general rule. Every time you're, a, you're on bottom and your opponent starts to do something, they put their hands on you in a way that you don't like. Like, oh, they're grabbing my wrist or they're putting their hand in my collar. Give them a little defensive bump, like a bump, and make them check their base. So, like, if, if they're bringing their left hand to put it to try to uh, cross face you, or let's say they're going to bring their left hand across and they're going to try to get um, a Kimura grip, let's say that. They're going to grab this Kimura grip. Then you need to bump them towards the hand that they've committed away from base. So whatever they're attack, whatever spot they're attacking you, they can't be basing right there also. Mm. So bump them towards that. And they'll have to either go, well, I'm going to come off balance, but I'm going to keep my thing that I'm attacking. Or they'll have to go, ooh, I'd rather keep my base and my position. And yeah. then they'll let go of the attack. Well, one thing that I've I've been seeing in in the PGF, if you're watching, um, you is should be. you should be watching, um, is that uh, several guys will use the lockdown defensively, so they get stuck on their they get they're about to get mounted, they've gotten past, mm-hmm. they've recovered half guard, but then they're like, oh no, and then they just stretch out the lockdown, and then they just lay there, but you've really locked down your hips. And so you're immobile. So what you really need to do is, like Brandon was saying, you don't stretch it all the way out. You need to be able to be mobile with it, like going from side to side, being able to crouch in, going for that underhook in the leg. So it needs to be um, – you need to have an offensive mindset while you're using it, not a, oh, man, let's just keep them away from me as far as possible and I'll survive somehow. Uh, no, I mean, it needs to be more of a weapon, I think, than a shield. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of the lockdown. Like, I know that the lockdown has its critics, but I'm a huge uh, lockdown player. I love the lockdown. I use it every night still. Uh, as long as if somebody gets in that close yeah. and they're that tight to passing, I, I try I try to deal with them with my butterfly guard first mm-hmm. uh, or my knee shield. But if they get in tight and they are are trying to flatten me out and get into the top of my half guard, it's a lockdown play for me. I love the lockdown. But I see most people, they don't have a good understanding of how to use it, and it becomes a detriment to them rather than an assist, just like what you're saying. All right, cool. Salt Lake City, Friday night, Pocatello, Idaho, Saturday after – I think it was afternoon. Saturday afternoon, Pocatello, Idaho. Come and see us. We'll be there slanging jujitsu out in them streets. I'm going to see my boy Amir. I'm going to see Martin in Idaho. This might be my first time to believe in someone from Idaho. I didn't know that that Idaho was a real place. That's, I'm still not that's totally. That's where convinced. all the potatoes come from. Allegedly, but where where are the people from Idaho? Oh wait, they come from Ireland too. Keith, see, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Ireland, and I've seen and eaten potatoes in Ireland. They're real. Yeah, okay. You but just didn't know about Idaho yet. I still don't. 
I still don't. This could be a hoax. I'll look into it this weekend. I'll let you guys know if Idaho is real. All right. Take it easy. Don't forget to subscribe.